I remember uh, when this first came out, someone came to me and they said, uh, this was back in August last year. They came to me and they said, finally, we see Adventists in the news for something, something positive. Um, you know, because there were some other things that were happening uh, where, you know, someone, someone was murdered and then Adventist church, it was like someone that went to an Adventist church and there was like all this negative publicity. So they were happy about that. Um, and we're blessed. Uh, you know, we, we didn't expect uh, to get that kind of attention. Um, but God just opened the door, and that, that helped us to build so much more credibility with the people in that neighborhood. You know, the mayor called us and wanted to meet. Uh, we've been able to meet with CEOs of, of companies. Um, we have a meeting with uh, the president of uh, a, health, a big, a major health insurance company that might want to sponsor. I have a meeting with uh, the Orlando Util- Utility uh, Commission on Monday. Um, so God's really been, been blessing and we're excited. Um, as he mentioned, it's just a, it's a young adult-led organization. The average age of leadership is about 25 years old. Um, and uh, we're all volunteers. And so, uh, you know, God has brought us a long way. Uh, we do, I do want to, today what I'll be talking about, and I'll share a couple stories here and there, um, is, uh, is prayer. And I noticed, you guys, the, the church seems to be very big on prayer. I noticed that the, the little bit I was here seeing, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the intercessory prayer. I was looking at the cards that you guys have. Um, so that's, that's exciting. Um, we're actually going to be examining um, Joshua's prayer life. Joshua's prayer life. And we're going to pull out four, uh, four lessons uh, from Joshua's prayer life that we can apply to our own life. Um, let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you for um, just... Being here this morning, uh, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to, to worship you. We thank you for your Sabbath, um, this day of rest. Uh, and Father, we, uh, we just want to pray that as, um, as I'm speaking today, Father, that you might speak through me, uh, that you might hide me behind your cross, and ultimately, Father, that we might all be drawn to you, including myself. May this message uh, speak to each one of us. I thank you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so I, I also just want to thank you guys as well, because um, uh, we were without shelter, and your church took us in when we went to uh, bring the shower trailer here to, I think it was Chattahoochee, I think that's where we were. There, was, um, uh, there, there wasn't, a-, a lot of people didn't have access to water, even the hotels stopped having water, some of the hotels there. So we were able to provide uh, about 100 showers. Um, we were here for maybe about, uh, about a day and a half or something like that. But we did have to stay somewhere overnight. So I texted Pastor Joey. I'm like, uh, uh, Pastor, what? Or, or I think he might, I, th- I don't even think I asked you. I think I just told you we're looking for a place and then he offered um, for us to stay here. Um, and so we were blessed to, to stay here the night. Um, so we're very thankful to, to your church for that. Um, Let's start by this. Uh, let's start by, um, by opening to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 33. I, I want to start by laying some groundwork here. So uh, we're going to be talking about Joshua. A lot of what we know about Joshua comes from the book of Joshua, right? I mean, it's his, it's his name. The book of Joshua. And in the beginning of this book, they're getting ready to cross the Jordan into the promised land, right? And they're leading a new generation into the promised land to take it. Um, but Joshua's prayer life did not start there. 
It actually started a little over 40 years prior to this, right? When he was a young man. Okay, let's look at, we're going to go to the book of Exodus chapter 33 and verse 11. Say amen if you're there. Amen. Okay, Exodus chapter 33 and verse 11. It says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, right? So there was a tabernacle that Moses would go to outside of the camp to commune with God, right? So he'd go there, he'd commune with God, the pillar of cloud would fall on the tent. Um, and then it, the verse keep, keeps going, it says, But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. So when Moses left, Joshua stayed, right? He stayed in prayer, Right? We see this in Jesus' life as well. We see uh, places where it says Jesus stayed up all night in prayer, right? Where uh, Jesus would start during the day and then his prayer would end at night. I mean, this is part of, uh, I mean, the, his prayer life was, was uh, it, very important. Um, and when we look at Joshua, he had endurance. The first point we want to talk about is pray with endurance. Pray with endurance. Um, if Jesus, who needed, needed prayer, who is sinless, how much more do we need prayer? If we added up, and this was a rebuke to myself, I asked myself this question. If we added up how much time we spent in prayer this past week, how much would that add up to? There's 168 hours in a week. How much time did we spend in prayer this past week? I believe the amount of time that we spend in prayer is a direct reflection of how much we desire to see souls that are lost saved. Martin Luther, the Christian reformer, was quoted as saying, if I do not spend two hours in prayer each morning, the devil gets the victory throughout the day. I want to share with you a story on on a man named Golden Lapani. Golden Lapani. Have any of you heard of him before? No? Golden Lapani. He, he was a Muslim man in Malawi, Africa. Um, he uh, had a, a condition, uh, and he was going to die. He went to the doctor. The doctor basically said, there's nothing that we can do for you. Um, you know, the, just basically go home and die. He didn't say that, but that's, there was nothing that could happen, right? So that's what he was. He went home, and he went to sleep, and that night he had a dream. And it was Jesus. And he said to him, if you follow me, you'll live. You'll have life. And so he woke up. He's like, I don't know what this is about. He went back to sleep. The dream happened again. It's like, oh, this this coincidence. Went back to sleep. He had the dream again. He woke up. Uh, Golden decided to be a Seventh-day Adventist Christian in Malawi, Africa. He decided he started studying the Bible to start to follow God. His friends had threatened to kill him. Um, many, and many times they tried, but God continued to deliver him. He stopped being a biology teacher, and he became a farmer so he could dedicate more time to preaching in Malawi, Africa. He brought over 8,000 people to Christ, half of them coming from the Muslim background. Um, He went to an area that was considered by the conference uh, to be almost impossible to evangelize. There were only 80 Adventists in the area and no new baptisms in a very long time. But after preaching for about five weeks, 3,000 were brought to Christ. They asked him, what's your secret? 
how, how did this happen? And so he, he said, it's not a secret. Um, Bible study, fasting, and much, much prayer. He said he would wake up long before dawn to, dawn to pray. Sometimes he prayed for up to seven hours for the souls that he wanted to see say, uh, saved. Seven hours. You know, I, I, when, I, when I hear stories like this, I'm wondering, how does someone pray for seven hours straight? Right? That, that's a long time, right? But then I started to ask myself, let me see, if I asked every person in my home church what they needed prayer for, just that alone would give me a prayer list probably to the ceiling, right? If I asked my classmates, what do you need prayer for? If I asked my family, if I asked my friends, how long would that list be? We would have, we would have things to pray for forever, right? So I, I, I think one thing that I started to do was have a prayer board because that helped me a lot, right? To create a list and go through that list and pray for that list, right? So we can have endurance in prayer. So the first point was what? Pray with endurance. Okay, let's go to the second point. Second point. I I read in a book uh, where it said, our most recent answered prayers are a testimony of God's near presence. Our most recent answered prayers are a testimony of God's near presence. So if we aren't having daily answered prayers, then we probably aren't daily feeling his presence. I think the reason why many of us might feel like God's not around us is because we're, we're not praying, right? We don't know, right? If you pray, you know, and I, we acknowledge that, that God keeps us safe, right? The enemy wants us dead, right? The enemy wants us to, to not follow him, and God's continually protecting us, right? So when we drive somewhere, when I drove here from Orlando and, and prayed, God, keep me safe on this trip, when I got here safely, I acknowledge God. I glorify God. God, thank you for keeping me safe. If I did not pray that prayer, I run the risk of thinking that I made it here myself. Amen. Right, but God answered that prayer. See, the second point is this. Pray with consistency. Pray with consistency. In the book of Joshua, there's a common theme, and I want us to look at that theme. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to run through it. If you want to write it down, you can. The book of Joshua, um, we're going to start in chapter 3 and verse 1, right? This is right before Israel crossed the Jordan, the Jordan split in two. It says that Joshua rose early in the morning. In Joshua 6.12, before they started circling Jericho and the walls of Jericho fell down, it says that Joshua rose early in the morning. In Joshua 7.16, before he started searching for Achan, right, the deceiver in the camp, it says that Joshua rose early in the morning. Right before they, they took the city of Ai and defeated that city, it says that Joshua rose early in the morning. I believe, and, and we see Jesus as an example, Jesus rose early in the morning to pray. When Joshua rose early in the morning to pray, miracles happened. He had victory throughout the day. You know, um, when we look at, I, I know for me, this is, I'm, I'm a, a very heavy sleeper. Very heavy sleeper. I have actually an alarm. It's called the sonic bomb. Okay, sonic bomb alarm. So this alarm actually has a, uh, an attachment to it. Well, first off, you know, the alarm goes off, 
It has LED lights that flash, right? Orange. It has, uh, it, it sounds, I mean, you could imagine how loud it is. And it also has an attachment. And the attachment, you know, goes into the back of the clock. And it's like this thing, it's, pro- it's like this size. And it goes under my pillow. And it vibrates when the alarm goes off. And still, still there are times where I'm late to work. <laughs> so so I, I'm a very heavy sleeper. I remember, uh, you know, sometimes, and it's not that, you know, and honestly, really, the, the reality of it is, if I go to sleep early, I'll wake up early, right? But, but the reality is, is I, I'm up. I'm up late. I'm, I'm working on things for school. I got homework that's due at midnight. And like the procrastinator I am, I started at 10 p.m., right? Um, uh, or, you know, I'm, I'm doing stuff for salts, you know, and I'm sending emails or doing something. I'm up late and I wake up late. And, and see, I used, to, I used to almost rationalize this as a justifiable excuse for not waking up, right? Because, I mean, yeah, I could wake up late, run to work and do my devotion in the evening or do my, you know, whatever, not have that specific prayer time in the morning. But there was something different about my day. Not the same. It wasn't the same. Um, and I used to have, I used to almost justify, I used to have an excuse. I want, I want to show you something. Go to, go to, chap, go to the, uh, the book of Mark, chapter 1. The book of Mark, chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 32. When I, re- when I saw this, I was like, okay, no more excuses. <laughs> no more excuses for me. Chapter 1 of Mark, verse 32. Say amen if you're there. Amen? Okay, Mark chapter 1, verse 32, and it says, At evening when the sun had set, now this is you know, talking about Jesus, they brought to him, Jesus, all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. This is when the sun had set, okay? And the whole city gathered together at the door. The whole city was at his door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. He did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Now let's look at the next verse. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Jesus had every excuse to not wake up that morning. He's like, he could have been like, uh, you know what? I was healing people. I was casting out demons all night, right? I could sleep in. No, he didn't. He woke up. He stayed consistent. He stayed consistent. Um, I I, want to point out something in the book of Joshua. When Joshua did not, when when the Bible does not say that Joshua rose early in the morning, it was two instances. And it says, and when, when he didn't rise, when it says he didn't rise early in the morning the first time, they went into the city of Ai and and people died and they retreated. Right? When he didn't rise early in the morning, they made a treaty with the enemy and were deceived. When we rise early in the morning to pray for the oncoming day, it gives us victory for that day. It helps us avoid the traps of the enemy. We're to pray with consistency. And I, I want to mention something here because I, I, I believe that we need to be consistent in prayer for those that we love, those that we those, even our enemies, right? Those who we want to see in the kingdom. We need to be consistent, right? Because sometimes we have episodes. We're like, 
Oh yeah, I, I, uh, you know, my um, my friend, you know, I want them to come to Christ. I want them to know who Christ is. I want them to have this freedom that I have in Christ. And we pray for a couple weeks, and then it dies dies off, right? Let let, let me tell you a story about a friend of mine. There was this year was one of uh, the most powerful years I've had. Um, th- this the year that this happened. Um, it was in I think it was 2016. Um, and I had a friend I went to high school with. I wasn't born an Adventist Christian. I was, uh, I, I became an Adventist Christian um, when I was 22. Um, and none of my family's Adventist or anything. None of my friends. Um, and so, my I had a friend that I used to be in high school with. Very close friend of mine. He's a he's a we were in a breakdancing crew together. I used to lead a breakdancing crew back in the day, in high school. It's called Motion Sickness. Um, you know. So, so anyway, we, we were very close. I mean, that was like a brotherhood to us. And, and one of my deepest desires was to see my friend come to Christ. You know, when I became a Christian, my, my, my friends that were in the crew, they, we didn't talk, you know. They tried to invite me to things and, and that kind of thing. And I tried to continue being close with them, but it just was too, I, I couldn't be as close as I was before. You know, because it just, there were some things that, that, I guess they didn't like because I used to do these things and all of a sudden I'm not. You know what I'm saying? To them it was like, oh, you're too good for us, you know, and, and they didn't understand. Um, and so I remember, you know, continuing, you know, and there were some friends that, I mean, you know, a lot of them, one of them got into drugs, uh, another one, they were teenagers and got their girlfriends pregnant, and so they were like kind of in their own world, but one of them, um, you know, I, I, I was still trying to be close with, and I remember kind of being friends with him at a distance. We would talk on the phone. Um, he was a mechanic, so I would go get my oil changes with him, you know, all that stuff. Um, and I wanted to see him come to Christ. I continued to pray for him. I continued to pray for him. Ten years later, ten years later, um, uh, we, uh, he calls me. It was a little after Christmas. And he's like, Eric... You know, he's having a really bad family situation, um, going through, uh, I mean, his, uh, inf- there was his wife, um, there was some infidelity, um, and, uh, and he called me and he's like, Eric, I need to change, but I know I can't do that on my own. You know, he, he had heard about salt, he knew I was a Christian, so he reached out to me and said, Eric, I, I need to learn how to pray. I need to know, because only God can change me, I know that. I know only God can change me. And so, um, long story short, uh, you know, because it's a crazy story, his wife actually had the person move, come into the house, and he couldn't be there. So he left, and he stayed with me. Um, and, uh, and when he stayed with me, I'm like, yeah, well, let's study the Bible together. We do once a week. He's like, no, let's study three days a week. I'm like, okay, yeah, three days a week. Let's do it. Uh, four months later, he was baptized as a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. Today, he's speaking at a church for the first time. He, he's now married to a lovely Adventist woman, and they have a, a child together. And he's now the elder, an elder at his church. Um, he, uh, he, he's a testimony to me on praying with consistency, not giving up on a person. You never know. You never know. Um, the next point I want to go to is to, uh, is to Joshua 
chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Joshua chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Say amen if you're there. Have mercy if you need more time. Lord will have mercy. Amen? Okay, amen. Okay, it says, Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Sun stand still over Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. At this time, um, they made that treaty with that, the enemy, right? And it ended up uh, getting them into a battle. Um, and this battle was, was so uh, uh, huge um, that he knew that if he allowed them to get away, then they would retreat and maybe bring reinforcements, Right, And the sun was starting to go down. If night came, they would escape. So Joshua uh, decided to pray for the sun to stand still. The, the third point is this. Um, pray with confidence. Pray with confidence. Joshua prayed believing that God would actually somehow make it, it make the sun stand still, right? Make it to still be daylight. You know, I, I, think, I think part of the reason why we don't pray with confidence is because we don't, we, we don't spend enough time with God um, to know what his will is, right? And so, and, and Joshua was connected. He knew that if it, it was God's will that the enemy be defeated, Right? So, so he prayed this prayer. And one thing I want to mention is I think because we lack confidence, we also miss opportunities. Because we lack confidence, we miss opportunities. What if Joshua was afraid to pray that prayer? What if he hesitated and the sun went down? Uh, we were in uh, Miami for an event. We did like a little salt event out there. And... Uh, we're doing kind of like a like an AY service, and um, we were. Um, I remember we had just finished, and there was a guy, a random guy, that just walked in through the back of the church, and he sat on the on the far, like in that corner, right? So let's say I'm facing the church. He sat in that corner, and we all kind of thought it was a little weird. We're like, "Who's this guy? You know, maybe he's someone with the church. I don't know." So we go and and we talk to him. And uh, he was actually reading the Bible. We're like, oh, what are you reading? He's like, oh, I'm reading Joshua. And I'm like, oh, I love the book of Joshua. One of the biggest miracles, you know, have happened in that book, right? The sun stood still. He's like, yeah, we talked about God and how he's, he does miracles. And then he says the reason, you know, we asked him where he came from, you know, why he was here. And he, was, he said that he was driving his motorcycle and all of a sudden it stopped right in front of the church just stopped working. So he's like, okay, well, I guess God maybe wants me to come in here. So he came in, and he just sat and started reading the Bible, right? He called his son. His son was on his way to come and and jump the bike because they didn't know what was wrong with it. Um, And so, um, so anyway, he, his son came, you know, we finished talking. He went back outside, and that was it, right? As we were leaving the church, we noticed, it's probably about 20 minutes later, 
the, the, the guy with the motorcycle and his son with the wires are connected, but the bike isn't starting. The bike isn't starting. So we walk a little bit, and then we look at each other, and we're like, I think we, I think we know what to do. And so we went up to them. We're like, what's wrong? You know, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, the bike, it's not starting. It's so weird. It doesn't make sense. It's not jumping or whatever. And uh, we're like, well, you know, we're just talking about Joshua is God, right? The one that stopped the sun. Let's pray that your bike starts. And he's like, this is, what, this is exactly what he said. He's like, nah, this is real stuff right here. <laughs> That's what he said. Nah, this is real stuff right here. I'm like, yes, it's, it's very real. Um, but let's pr- that's why we need to pray, right? So he didn't want to pray. And so, uh, so we just were like, you know what? We're going to do you a favor. And we're just going to pray right now. Because, um, you know, he's a Christian. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's not good. What is he going to do? You know, so we, we prayed. And we prayed uh, for God to start the motorcycle, right? We did this prayer together, um, all of us that were there. And then the guy, and, but they honored the prayer. They both bowed their heads and closed their eyes, right? And so they, well, after we're done, he's like, all right, let's see. You know, and he turned the key reluctantly, and the bike started. <laughs> and he looked at us, and he smiled, and he said, I wish you guys would have prayed sooner. <laughs> um, but if we did not have the confidence in that time, and we decided to walk past that opportunity, we would have missed we would have missed that opportunity to glorify God to, to these people. Right? The third point is to pray with confidence. You know, we were, I, I want to share with you just another story. It happened recently. It's very fresh. We've been looking for an office, right? Salt's been looking for an office because we, we're starting to, you know, get more and more work that we need to do. Um, our office technically right now is my house, which is kind of... Um, you know, I have roommates. It's just kind of weird. You know, we can't, you know, if I have to talk to someone privately, you know, and that's a male, I'll take him to my bedroom and we'll talk, you know, sit on the bed. I'll sit in my little computer chair and we'll have a meeting. You know, it's not, that's not, we, it's not the way we want to do things, you know. So we, our budget was only 600 bucks for, for an office. Um, and so, uh, you know, we were praying and I, I've been searching for probably since June of last year, June. And I'm like, there's, and we would look, and either it's, if it's something that would fit, it's outside of our budget, or if it's something that, um, uh, that was too little, it just, it, it was too small, or it was messed up. I remember I checked out one place, the lights are hanging out of the ceiling, the paint's like, there's like a hole in the wall and all this. I'm like, okay, we, we can't do this. So uh, just two weeks ago, I go to an office space. And, uh, you know, I look around and, and uh, you know, and it's a very nice place. Um, and uh, I ask, I'm like, they, they ask me, so what's your budget? And I'm like, you know what, honestly, um, I, I have to get back to uh, our leadership on that or whatever. We've got to figure it out because we're still trying to figure things out or whatever. And she's like, okay, well, you know, I'll talk to the owners too, you know, and see... Uh, what we have that might fit your needs because she asked about the organization. So later that day, I get an email. She's like, Eric, we um, actually are Christian. Um, and she didn't tell me this up front. I don't know why, but she, we're actually a faith-based um, you know, uh, company or whatever that offers these offices. 
And uh, I talked to the owners, and they want to give you our, two, our two-person office, which is $1,200 a month, for $450 a month. And, uh, and we knew that that was God. <laughs> we knew that that was God. We had been praying for so long, right? We didn't give up. Um, but we, we knew we would find something. But anyway, we need to pray with confidence, right? So what's the first point? Pray with endurance. Pray with consistency. Pray with confidence. Let's go to the last point, and then we'll close. Um, the last point is still in the same verses. And, and the question I want to ask is, how did this thought even enter Joshua's mind? Right? Like, how do you think you're in a battle, you're fighting, and you're like, oh man, they're going to get away, what do I do? Oh, let me pray for the sun to stand still. Like, that's not the first thing that we just would think, right? That, that's, at least for me, I wouldn't even think, that wouldn't even enter my head. Right? But that entered Joshua's head. Right? The, the fourth point is this. Pray with vision. Pray with vision. In Ephesians 3.20, it's one of my favorite verses. And it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or even think. Can you imagine, maybe a ministry you want to start, maybe something that might seem impossible to you? Think of that right now. Think of the most impossible thing that God can do. If you think of that right now, God can do more than that. Right? We have this ceiling that we set for God. God can answer prayers in this realm, but over here he can't. Um, there's a story I want to share with you. Uh, Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great. He, um, he was one of the world's greatest conquerors. Right? He, uh, he conquered the then-known world. Uh, and, I mean, he's such a conqueror that he wept when there was nothing left to conquer. I mean, that's how much of a conqueror this guy was, right? That's what the record says, is he wept. <laughs> um, but there was a day once a year um, where he would offer people, certain people in his kingdom, randomly selected people in his kingdom, anything that they would like. Um, I, I, there was a certain name for the day, and I, it's l- losing me right now, but there was a day that he had for that. Um, and so most people would come and ask for food, medication, and clothing, right? Because that was a necessity back then. A lot of people didn't have those kinds of funds to obtain this. So that's what they would ask. They'd go to him and they'd ask for this. But there was one man that came up, and, you know, they don't talk directly to Alexander. In my mind's eye, I see them talking to the guard, right? And, uh, and, and the, the, guard, you know, the guard's like, okay, what would you like? And this man said, uh, I want a large palace, He's like, what? You want a palace? He's like, yeah, I want a large palace. I want it to have a huge dining hall because I have a lot of friends. Um, I want it to be filled with food and I want it to be fully furnished. The guard looks at him, gets upset. He's like, how could you ask for something like this? So outrageous, you know, whatever. You know, he's upset, right? And so Alexander sees the commotion and he comes up to them. He's like, what's what's the problem? And he's like, well, I mean, this guy right here, he's asking for a palace. You know, apparently he has a lot of friends, so he wants a big dining hall. Um, you know, he wants it to be full of food and fully furnished. So Alexander looks at the petitioner, and he smiles. And he says, request granted. 
And the guard looks at Alexander and says, how could you grant such an outrageous request? And Alexander says, all these people over here, they're asking for food, medication, and clothing. Anyone with a little extra resources can grant this gift. But this man, he makes me feel like a king because only I can grant this request. Are we asking God for food, medication, and clothing when God is the king of the universe and could grant us even above what we can even think? Why are we not praying with vision? Why do we limit God in what we ask for? When I started, um, when I started SALT, I was 22, 23 years old. Um, and I didn't know anything about starting a nonprofit organization. I just knew that I just needed to do something. Um, and so we started it, and it was just something we were doing to try and create an outlet for people to uh, serve the community, right? Because we felt like churches aren't, uh, nowadays aren't offering practical community outreach, not just practical, but consistent community outreach. And not only that, the young adults weren't, were leaving the church, so, so and young adults are attracted to practical outreach, right? One of the biggest complaints young adults have is that the church is full of hypocrites. You know, that's, that's, that's one of the complaints that millennials have. But if they see a church doing something practically, then, then they, 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 they just can't help but be attracted to it. You know, and I, I, I mean, you know, when we started this, we were not, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even think I was thinking big enough, <laughs> I wasn't. I was just thinking, you know, we'll have some things here, whatever, let's do it. And, and that was it. But God is now taking us to a place. And, and I, I start, I, you know, we started to think bigger. And God is, is bringing us to places that are beyond what we even imagined. Um, as just a bunch of volunteer young adults, <laughs> you know, from the Adventist church. We didn't even imagine ever being on the news. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think that, you know, I know you guys are having a meeting tomorrow. Think big. God can do it. Right? Pray with endurance. Pray with consistency. Right? Be confident and, and have that vision. Because God can do it. Um, I just felt impressed. I'm going to share this last story, and, and I'm going to, and then we'll end. Um, Feel like I, for some reason, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but for some reason, I feel like like sharing this aspect. Um, we uh, when we're talking about young adults and them leaving the church, right? Um, at one point in Salt, we had about thirty leaders. Probably within the first like three years, about thirty leaders, and half of them were backslid Adventist young adults that came back. One of them, I'll just give you a testimony. One of them was, was one that he, he started coming to an outreach, right? He created some friendships there. Um, after that, he, uh, he started attending a local church. You know, after that, he continued to be involved. We made him a leader in that outreach project. Now he has his own plant-based food truck. <laughs> and he's the vice president of our organization, and his mom came to me and was like, we've been praying for him forever. And God, God used salt to bring him back. Another person, another person 
was a, a, a lukewarm young adult that would show up once in a while to church. He started to get involved. Um, we got involved in one of our small groups. Uh, he started to get involved in one of the outreaches. He became a leader in that, in that outreach. And then uh, three years later, he decided to leave and study theology to become a pastor. His parents have been praying for him forever. If there are people that you know in your life right now that are gone, that are away, continue praying for them. And practical outreach, I think, will attract um, young adults. It will attract people in general to want to be a part of it. Um, that, that's my experience. Let's, let's pray as we close. Father, I, uh, I thank you for just the opportunity to be here. Um, I thank you for the message. And Father, you know, you know, we talked last night, you know how much I needed this message as well. Um, Father, I pray that you might be with us. Help us to pray with endurance. Help us to start our prayer lists, right? Help us to pray with consistency. Help us to pray with confidence. Help us to pray with vision. Father, you are the only one that can, that can help us to be these things. But Father, encourage us, empower us. Give us the strength that we need that we might make the biggest difference in our community, that more people might be brought to you, and that, Father, we, that, that we are not even able to credit it to ourselves because we were in prayer so much that we knew it was you that gets all the credit. We thank you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.